Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ Today Session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 218 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us today as we continue or begin really our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials. We are looking at uh, the week uh, of August the 2nd to August the 8th, uh, covering Doctrine and Covenants sections of 85 to 87. Uh, and this works quite nicely. We've got six days now to go through these three sections, and they're really rather short sections, to be honest. Um, so what we'll do is we'll kind of take each uh, section over two days and look at the background and context on the first day, and then the actual um, text and the verses and the lessons that we learn from each section uh, on the second day. So we'll begin with Doctrine and Covenants section 85, the first of these three. And it's, this is actually a letter uh, to William W. Phelps which is a bit different, actually, uh, to what we have previously. Uh, obviously, up to now, we've really had um, revelations or, or words that have been spoken by the prophet, um, through through the prophet, I should say, by the Lord. Uh, but in this case, this is actually a letter to um, William W. Phelps from the prophet himself, rather than a revelation from the Lord. Uh, and so it gives a bit of insight between Joseph Smith and the um, the other church leaders at this time. Now, there's a few things to pick out from Joseph Smith Paper's analysis of this letter. Uh, if first of all, it gives a bit of background as to what back uh, in terms of what uh, time or what was the context of this being written. It says, "Quote: After returning to Kirtland on sixth of November from 1832 from his trip." with New K. Whitney to New York and New England, Joseph Smith answered letters he had received from the brethren in Missouri. The present letter, which is written by Joseph Smith to William W. Phelps on 27th of November, may have been written in response to an earlier letter from Phelps, but no such communication has been located. The letter presented here reflects the continuing difficulties between Joseph Smith and leaders in Missouri. Close quote. So it's clear here that Joseph Smith is writing to William W. Phelps, probably in response to a letter that was written previously, but we don't have that letter in our possession. Uh, and so we have to try and deduce from what the prophet writes to William W. Phelps what perhaps his concerns or questions were. Um, and it seems that in this uh, letter uh, that Joseph Smith firstly kind of addresses questions or points about the um, the law of consecration. Um, it says um, that in the evening and morning star, uh, quote, Phelps posed several questions, including, have you all fulfilled the law of the church, which saith, behold, thou shalt consecrate all thy properties, that which thou hast unto me with a covenant and deed which cannot be broken? Apparently, at least some individuals had not followed the commandment to consecrate their properties and had consequently not received an inheritance, close quote. So it's clear here that um, there was some sort of issue uh, with the members living the law of consecration as they had received it for their time um, by the Lord, um, by the Lord's revelations that the prophets had given. And this obviously leads to the ultimate um, downfall of what the they the Lord had given them as the law of consecration for their time. Um, obviously, one of the ways this was being done was through the United Order, but there was also just a direction to have the church members provide and give of their their substance and then receive what their family needs across the church. 
uh, and this was not um, happening uh, in, in a clear and consistent manner. Uh, the Joseph Smith Papers analysis continues uh, by saying, quote, record keeping was of great concern to Joseph Smith at this time. After sending Oliver Cowdery and Whitmer to Missouri in November 1831 with a record book containing copies of his revelations, Joseph Smith purchased another record book in February or March 1832, into which he and Frederick G. Williams began copying revelations that he had dictated since November 1831. Probably only a few months before writing this November letter to Phelps, Joseph Smith composed his first history, a history of the life of Joseph Smith Jr., an account of his marvellous experience, and also an account of the rise of the church in the eve of time. Uh, close quote. Now, wh what we understand from this is that this 1832 um, experience, um, a few months before writing this letter to uh, William W. Phelps, is that this is actually the first recorded experience we have from Joseph Smith, and it's in his own writing, uh, of his first vision. Of course, he doesn't call it his first vision here, uh, but it is um, what we understand to be the first vision uh, and, and the first recorded instance of a written down copy we have from the prophet. So obviously he is, uh, and we'll find out in this um, letter that we'll study tomorrow, um, He, the, the well, Joseph Smith is giving William W. Feltz and the leaders of the church in Missouri direction to make sure they keep a clear and consistent record of what they have done with the law of consecration. Um, but he is also starting to take on board himself personally the need to record down these things um, so that they can be held for future generations. And I think that that is something which we'll learn from this letter as well, is the need to keep these constant records uh, and to be able to, um, that, that, that we need to be able to, to have them for future generations to read and to learn from as well. I mean, he makes a reference in the letter that the Lord's clerk, John Whitmer, was to keep a book of the law of God to record the names of those who consecrate the property. And I love the idea that it, he was referred to as the Lord's clerk, I mean, imagine if, you know, our ward clerks were referred to as the Lord's clerk, um, there'd be a much more bigger focus, I think, and desire uh, to keep a, a consistent and clear history of wards and states across the church if they were referred to as the Lord's clerks. Um, and I think that um, this will be a, a clear thing we learn from this letter. So, but I just thought it was interesting to note that it was around this time that Joseph Smith first recorded his um, experiences himself in his own writing. And if you get the chance to go on Joseph Smith papers and just search, you know, 1832 First Vision account, I'm sure it'll come up fairly easily on there. Uh, if you have a look at his actual handwriting and his actual uh, vocabulary and the, the, the structure and the construction of his writing, you can see how just how incredible it was that three years before this, like he he was the supposed like some people argue he was the author of course he translated the book but he developed the book of mormon it just once again shows just the um the miracle it was uh, to have this book from the prophet joseph smith and just how limited his um ability to write and to construct um pieces of writing himself was um, and then you think that previously, a few years earlier, the Book of Mormon had come forth from his his mouth. Uh, it's just an incredible um, kind of comparison to make when you look at this. So I do recommend that, and I'll try and get a, a link perhaps to that in the in the in the Facebook group as well. 
Uh, we'll leave it there for the study today and we'll have a look at the actual text of Doctrine and Covenants 85 tomorrow. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed this study. Please do continue to follow the podcast uh, and uh, you can do that on Facebook, uh, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me and you can email session at gmail.com. Please do share your thoughts, what you've been studying. It'd be great to hear from you. Um, and thank you very much for listening and until we meet again.